The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. So my teacher, Layla Martin, talked about a Vedic astrology reading she had where she learned so much about her career path and her path in relationships. And it was so crazy to me how much was told to her that was spot on. After the call, I looked up the Vedic astrologer to see if I could book a session with him because I felt really called to and read this sentence at the very top of an article about him. When having a session with DC Lero, one is led to his jungle hidden healing hut at the yoga barn in Ubud. And I immediately got so excited because I have had such amazing, never be the same type of days at yoga barn in Ubud in Bali. And prior to looking him up, I didn't even know that it was where he was based and have I've been wanting to go back ever since I left there. So Ubud is one of my favorite places in the world. And Yoga Barn itself has gotten quite popular after the release of the book, Eat, Pray, Love. It was the first place I've ever done ecstatic dance about 10 years ago. And afterwards, I followed the locals to a park for a drum circle and then to the rice fields to eat ice cream under the full moon while soaking in a spring. So I'm now setting the intention that I'll be back there sometime soon to meet DC in person and to spend more time at Yoga Barn as well. But for now, I've booked him for the podcast. So he's our guest today. Vedic astrologist and Ayurvedic educator, DC Lero combines Vedic astrology, also referred to as Jayotish, and Ayurvedic holistic healing to help people heal, find their path in life, and understand their life circumstances. Leading back to the knowledge of the sages in India, both sciences follow thousands of years old traditions with roots in the ancient texts of the Vedas. He started studying Vedic texts as a young teenager in Norway, and driven by a deeper thirst for Indian philosophy and yoga, he moved to the U.S. in his early 20s to study Ayurveda at the Ayurvedic Institute. He has been influenced by his many other teachers and numerous visits to India, where he has been going regularly to deepen into his studies of Indian philosophy and yoga. In addition to that knowledge, he faced several health and life-related challenges on his own and managed to develop from them, which together with this many years of experience as a healer, gives him an even deeper proof of the success Vedic astrology and Ayurveda can bring to one's life. Over the 12 years of seeing hundreds of clients, he truly sees this science and art as the most profound way 
to understand one's own path and lessons for this lifetime. Please help me welcome DC Lero to Untamed and Unashamed. Hey. I don't know. I hope I said your last name right. Yeah, it's a Norwegian name, so it's either Lero or Lairo. It's okay either way. Okay. <laughs> so um, I've been talking about Ganesh a lot today, so uh, um, mm. I love that he's in your background. I was talking about... Um, you know, how he's often seen with like that swastika symbol, but then, you know, then the Nazis used it for white supremacy and how, um, you know, you also see the snakes around the staff and how that's been kind of, that image has been kind of defiled a little bit as well. And it's just so interesting how like things that were so sacred and that have been used for like 6,000 years, um, sometimes people can, uh, hear a different story and then like have an aversion to it when really it was like a beautiful meaning originally absolutely and the very powerful symbols and teachings and maybe even energies that go with them and indeed they can be misused absolutely especially the swastika there's a movement of reclaiming that um yeah and it takes a lot of deeper understanding of what it really is and what it means um Mm -hmm. and it's actually based upon astrology Mm-hmm. Or, astro- or astronomy that is the origin of the swastika yeah about um good luck and stuff right if i'm not mistaken so that there's an observation um what we call druva or the the north star so we know mm-hmm. we, we have this north pole right to find your true north we say to find one's true guidance one's alignment mm-hmm. we actually use astronomy or astrological terms to to, to claim like you're finding one's true north. And the North Pole, the North Star, is an alignment that the whole world has. Mm. Because we're spinning on an axis. I'm jumping into some uh, astronomy stuff, but you got me excited about the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's an alignment that goes towards this North Pole Star. Mm-hmm. And that's in Sanskrit called Druva. That's like everything is spinning around it. Mm-hmm. And in alignment to that, we have the Big Dipper, which looks like a spoon almost, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you take that image and you take the center of that druva, that, that spoke of the wheel, we could call it, mm-hmm. that everything spins around. And then you have this spoon shape next to it. And then you add the four seasons. Then you actually get the shape of the swastika. Mm. So it's an observation of a wheel that's spinning yeah. and a cross, which is a very universal symbol of uh, spirit and matter. You might have seen like old Christian crosses. They have a mm-hmm. circle or a solar cross. Mm-hmm. And that solar cross that all cultures from native you know, Americans to yeah, North America, South America and Indian, um, Northern Europe, that solar cross is actually the seasons that we're mm-hmm. spinning around, mm-hmm. and that is the origin of the swastika in the night sky. So wow. we have the, the Big Dipper. In Sanskrit, they're called the Saptarishis. There is seven sages, uh-huh. and they sit inside the they sit inside the Big Dipper, and they spin around. Yeah. So it's, a, it's actually a really true alignment of the whole world to the direction that we're going in. That's yeah. how powerful that symbol is. Yeah. Hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's there was um, a conversation earlier about the the snakes too around the staff and how it was kind of um, used in Western medicine and so a lot of people mm-hmm. who have now been 
a bit burnt by Western medicine. They have like an aversion to that symbol, but um, you know, the original meaning of it is so beautiful. So it's, it's similar to what you're speaking of with, with that swastika. So thank you for sharing that story. I didn't expect you to know all of that. It was a, it was a revelation when my, my first astrology teacher was giving a lecture on it was, you know, blowing our minds. Um, it's, it truly is a universal symbol that all cultures, you can see that cross and the circle, mm-hmm. the solar cross, and that's our alignment to the seasons, the sun, and with the swastika as a deeper understanding that we're actually, the whole world, the whole solar system is directed going towards this North Pole. Hmm. So that kind of uh, brings me into my first question. So most people have a general understanding of what astrology is, but maybe you can tell us what makes Vedic astrology different. I think in, mm-hmm. um, you, you've explained to me a little bit about, um, uh, I think that Vedic astrology uses more of nature, if I'm not mistaken, but I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. I, I, would, I would say so, and that was part of my drawing to it, because um, I consider my religion to be nature. Mm-hmm. And human religions are part of nature in a certain way, but nature is the foundation of all of this. And um, when I when I followed that path that brought me into yoga, into Ayurveda, Indian medicine, and eventually into Jyotisha Vedic astrology, and I actually didn't know much about Western astrology. I never studied Western astrology, so I kind of had to understand that afterwards. Um, and that... Western astrology has even given me support. I've had readings with great astrologers and they're giving insights. But when it comes to this idea of following nature and looking to nature, there is something that is a bit strange. Uh, In Western astrology, when you look at what they call star signs or sun signs, Mm -hmm. they're not the same as constellations. Mm -hmm. Constellations means constellar with stars. Mm. so the shapes that you see in the night sky of the stars and it doesn't take much uh you can you know there's an app for everything you can get an app on your phone to look at um the constellations and the planets and when you look at those shapes and you see planets moving in it the difference in western astrology is they don't use the stars anymore it used to be that the constellation and the star signs used to be the same but every 72 years there's a one degree change Mm. so now it's actually switched so that 80 percent of the time when you read online full moon in scorpio or something like that if you actually go outside and you use astronomy program or you learn to see learn to recognize the constellations 80 percent of the time it's a mismatch Oh, man. So we're not really stepping into Leo season? <laughs> According to, there's, there's two different ways of making a chart. There's, there's two zodiacs, so to speak. There's sidereal and tropical. And most, we can kind of say Western and Eastern. So most Western schools will follow what we call the seasonal. Mm-hmm. And it's based upon the equinoxes and solstice. Mm-hmm. So an equinox is when, when the earth has a certain tilt next to the sun. Mm-hmm. And it goes around and goes to the other side. Those are the seasons, winter, summer, solstice, and equinoxes. So it's 
it's one way of looking at time, space, and, uh, and assigning energies to it. Mm. So this idea of coming into spring equinox, coming into Aries, etc., it has it has an energy, and I I you know I don't want to dismiss Western astrology. Mm-hmm. It's just a different system. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty is that the Earth is wobbling, mm. and it's a long twenty six year thousand cycle. And since Western astrology has its origin in more than two thousand years ago, it has changed. Mm-hmm. So that alignment that used to be true, that this equinox would be directly connected to the backdrop of the constellations, mm-hmm. that has switched over these 2,000 years by roughly almost 24 degrees out of 30. Mm-hmm. So 80% of the time now, it is different. Mm-hmm. In another 500 years, there will never be the same constellation as the star signs. This is maybe mm-hmm. a bit too much technical astronomy, but it's not that it's invalid. I, I compare it to Western medicine, mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, Indian medicine, especially mm-hmm. Chinese and Indian medicine use five elements. Okay. But they're different. Mm-hmm. In so, Chinese, we have things like metal. Yeah. And that, that's not there in Indian. In Western medicine, we have 118 elements, periodic table. Wow, yeah. They all come with the same idea of a system, a structure to support, to guide, you know, to help the body. But they're different elements, different perspectives. Yeah. So it's a lot of astronomy. Maybe that was a bit too technical, but that's me geeking out. No, Uh, so that makes sense. But how is Vedic astrology different then, I guess? What do they... For 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 me, the first point is that it's directly connected to nature. What you see is what you get. Okay. So when I see that a planet is in a certain constellation and I go outside and I look in nature, it's there. So that's mm-hmm. something that sometimes is triggering, triggering me a little bit when I see online people are like, um, full moon or Jupiter is entering this and I go outside in the night sky and I'm like, no. Yeah. So the connection to nature has always been fundamental for me. Yeah, my, um, me and my sister's group, uh, we meet on new moons and full moons. And so like this new moon um, is in Leo is what we thought. And so we were incorporating um, some creativity, some play, some confidence, Mm -hmm. but now I'm, now I feel like maybe the new moon is not in Leo and (laughs) we can still work with it. So I, especially following the moon, that is such a direct connection to nature, to mother nature. Mm -hmm. So more than thinking about what, what we read, and again, it's not to dismiss Western astrology, mm-hmm. but if nature is where what we're part of and aligning to nature, that's always been my goal to align to nature. Then test it out, see if you can use that astronomy app mm-hmm. and learn the constellations and look at what is what. And then most of those apps even have a time travel, so you can set the dates to when you were born, and mm-hmm. you can look at the astronomy map. So in Western, in Western science, there's a difference between astrology and astronomy. Mm-hmm. They're two different paths. Jyotisha is a science of light. That is actually what it means, the lords of light. That's the original term for Vedic astrology. Mm. So Vedic astrology is a kind of a misnomer because it, it's Vedic astronomy astrology. Yeah. It's a science of both. It's a science of light, both external light and inner light. Mm-hmm. And there's six limbs to it. 
And the first two are directly science and observation, learning about the solar system, learning about the stars. And that foundation, I think, is essential for, uh, at least for me, to, again, what I see is what I see. That's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the abstraction that Western astrology to a certain extent, but there's other astrology systems that is based upon birth of a time space, but then they go into very abstract um, methods of explaining that, like Taoist astrology or modern, like the human design and mm-hmm. gene keys can be tremendously valuable, right? It can give yeah. such deep insight, but it's, it's, it's abstracted from, it's not direct, it's hard to use a gene key to understand the time space one was born in. There's no mm-hmm. astronomy in that, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. dismiss it. So mm-hmm. Western astrology can give tremendous insight of self-understanding, mm-hmm. but I'm a bit biased, so I will say that uh, Vedic astrology has a few levels that are higher in nature, we could say. Yeah. Okay, so tell us, um, tell us about that. Tell us how it's, um, through that, it's a tool for self-understanding. Mm. Again, Western astrology has, and when I had my readings, it really helped me to understand myself. So mm-hmm. all tools can be used, gene key, human design, they're all tools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about, again, Vedic astrology is that it really, it goes to higher levels. So it's a science of light. And in our solar system, everything is based upon the sun, right? The, the light that we see of the moon is a reflection. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the other planets, Jupiter, Mercury, Venus, especially Venus, beautiful, brilliant, sparkling white light, right? Diamond in the sky. But that light comes from the center, from the sun. Mm-hmm. So stars are sources of light. And that's why I value the, the constellation with stars. Mm-hmm. That is like a it's a higher level. Western uses the, the alignment of the tilt of the earth mm-hmm. that creates the seasons and that creates the star signs mm-hmm. that includes the earth the sun and the planets but it doesn't include that third level of the constellations mm-hmm. and there's a light that's coming in in the night sky we see that that light is traveling so far that is coming in Mm-hmm. So there's three levels there. There's you might have heard the Gayatri mantra, Om Bhur Bhuva Subaha. Those mm-hmm. th- first three, well, Om is universal space, but Bhur Bhuva Subaha that relates to Earth. Bhu Bhuva is the middle plane where we see the planets moving, mm-hmm. and Subaha is Swarga, the heavens mm-hmm. that relates to the constellations. So to truly understand oneself in connection to that higher level, um, I think Vedic astrology has a type of, again, I might be biased, um, but it has a type of very high esoteric understanding that I think is missing a bit in Western. Mm -hmm. Western, I see extremely useful in self-understanding psychology. Mm -hmm. But more of the higher spiritual lessons I have found more in Vedic astrology. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we can give an example. So 
Can we discuss the importance of knowing the soul lesson that we're here for and how we can um, discover that through Vedic astrology? And um, I know I gave you my birth date so and and location and all that. So we can maybe use that as an example of like a, um, yeah. using using it to find out our soul lesson. Yeah, so that the body, mind, and spirit is mm-hmm. kind of like the bhubhuvasuha. So again, when, when I had uh, Vedic, uh, Western readings, they had insight on psychology, so the body and the mind, tremendous deep understanding. That is very useful and practical. So again, I um, won't emphasize that I do value all different forms of astrology, but the specific teachings of Vedic astrology has um, something called Atma Karaka. That's very unique. Atma means spirit, the self, and Karaka means a significator. And we say that uh, the pure, true light mm-hmm. that's coming into being, that's the seed even before the, so the soul becomes a spirit, becomes a mind, becomes a body. That's almost a birth progression, that the mm-hmm. true light, uh, we say that we come from the sun, we come from the, the spirit is light. And it comes and it goes to the moon. That's the mother and the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. It sits there on the moon for a bit until it comes down onto earth. That mm-hmm. becomes our body. Those are the three points. Mm-hmm. Masculine, feminine, and us. So the true light comes with a lesson. The soul that's connected to universal soul, the light, comes with a flavor or with a, a curriculum. So um, one way of looking at it, life is a school and the, the chart is almost like the curriculum, right? And especially mm. the Atma Karaka is the, the core seed lesson of that spirit. Mm-hmm. So one way we look at that, we take the, the highest degree planet in the chart. Okay. Except for the nodes, then we take the lowest degree because they go backwards. Um, it's a bit of a trick but for most people they get one of the planets Mm -hmm. so sun moon are not planets directly they're a star in a satellite but we call them grahas that which grabs us because they take us or we say planets but technically of course moon is another planet in your case everyone gets one planet that's the highest in your case you get a little bit more complication okay I'll explain why. You get one that's the highest, highest, and that is the most important. We could say that is the core one. Mercury is your hmm. Atma Karaka. In Vedic astrology, we will also say Mercury is your rising sign, the lord of your rising sign, Virgo. Oh. So both your body, your intelligence, and your spirit is this Mercury. So on the first level, we say Mercury is communication. Hmm. And even in Western astrology, there's a beautiful teaching of Mercury being a messenger between the gods and humans traveling back and forth. Mm-hmm. And in, in Sanskrit, we say Buddha is the name for Mercury. Mm-hmm. Communication and nervous system and speech becomes highlighted. Mm-hmm. And even in your chart, even deeper, because it goes to the third house, which deals with communication, uh, writing, and maybe this is a modern way of communication, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. making videos, making podcasts, getting material out. Mm. Speech is a huge lesson when people have Mercury as their Atmakaraka. Mm-hmm. The power of speech and what that really is and how deeply that can go there and there's a saying of you know sticks and stones may break my bones right Mm -hmm. but what words they do what they are supposed to bounce off i don't think that's true if we're really honest and how we've been affected by speech from others yeah and how that can go so much deeper and longer Mm -hmm. so to have a deep understanding of the power of speech in fact the more subtle influences and controls the greater so that again the idea of the the penny is pen is mightier than the sword mm. it's more subtle but even speech is even more subtle so that the soul lesson there of communication and transformation for you because it's a very unique position the deep um alignment that's needed to truly speak truthful honest and again think about that messenger Mm-hmm. Because Mercury is called Buddha. And there's a yogic philosophy where we have part of our mind that's called Buddhi, which is the intellect mind, the mind that can kind of reach up and understand bigger principles mm-hmm. and understand things that are transpersonal or, um, you know, there's, there's certain scientific realization that comes from these yogis that all day long they're trying to study the black holes or the dna or something and then their mind is reaching up or in or somewhere they're reaching into this universal truth mm-hmm. and the grasp and understanding of the dna double helix or the black holes they're coming up with theories it's almost like their their individual mind can reach up and understand the universal mind mm-hmm. so in sanskrit the buddhi is our unique individual ability to understand the cosmic mind called Mahat, the greater mind. Mm -hmm. And it's said that when the Buddha is fully illuminated, it becomes the Buddha. That becomes the realized mind, the universal mind. Mm -hmm. So your first spiritual lesson is this Atmakaraka. And, and, you know, just thinking about what you're putting out there, you're, 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 researching and uh getting people to talk and the the alignment that you have towards sharing or researching and deeper truth higher principles and i can imagine in your own journey you must have burnt through a lot of different things because that mercury that you have Mm -hmm. is sitting less than one degree from the sun So your mind, that's why I started talking a lot about the sun and light, your intellectual mind, which is your first spiritual lesson about, again, communication, but it means more than just speaking. Let's do a fun test. Okay. Try to, try to uh, follow my direction. So touch your ears, touch your eyebrows, touch your lips, touch your chin. Oh. <laughs> See what happened there? Yeah. So for I those think, who can't who and, and you're see. catching it. You're yeah, catching he said it. chin and I touch my nose. <laughs> yeah, so for those who cannot see this, it's it's, it's a little tricky because I'm using body language. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm touching places and saying the same names, but then when I touch my nose, I say chin. Mm -hmm. And Jade, you caught it. You were attentive. You were really playing like, oh, there's a difference between the body language and the spoken language. Mm -hmm. So what really is this communication? How to transmit knowledge and higher wisdom on such deep levels? Mm -hmm. For most people, and it is true for you too, we say when, when people have mercury, we say always to speak upliftment, to always speak. You know, any, any person can see the problem. It's easy to complain. Yeah. There is suffering, there is misalignment. Mm -hmm. And we need to speak to that. We need to address that. You know, a mm -hmm. couple of sentences. But especially with Mercury, find the solution, find the positive. Speak to it in an inspired way. That's mm -hmm. extremely important for your intelligence to find that pre-dawn, that early sunrise. Mm -hmm. If you catch that sunrise solar energy and you find that inspired energy wow it's a new day it's a new dawn if you find that that influences your mind your nervous system really pay attention to that yeah because it's illuminated it's it's again back to the <laughs> i don't think it's my accident you started out by swastika yeah and i'm talking about its alignment to greater truth and it's based upon you know higher principles and solar energy mm -hmm. yeah that empowerment that inspiration mm -hmm. so in your case you have that first atma karaka and that is a foundation and i think you must have burned through worked through gone through quite a bit because it sits in a very delicate deep position i'm mm -hmm. actually curious was there when you were born was there a bit of risk at the birth or was it a normal protected birth well, I know my birth dad was very violent with my mother, even even while I was in her stomach. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, I've never asked my birth story itself, though. I know he wasn't allowed to be there. Um, mm. I'm sure my mother was under stress and she was young, um, but there was a lot of trauma. I'm sure in that first year because I was so my nervous system was so connected to my mother's, and she was being, you know, she was in this violent relationship with him um yeah wow yeah so that there, there is protection there so you are coming into being and you are um surviving so to speak but there is a there's a very delicate powerful journey that your soul is going through there because both you your embodiment is ruled by mercury and also that first soul lesson and it sits at the very very end of scorpio mm. And it's going backwards. You're born with a Mercury retrograde. You go your own way. You will oh. definitely. There's other factors too that you will not. You will not continue the tradition or the ancestral lineage, so to speak. You will really have to find your unique way and break some rules and uh, mm -hmm. test it, test test things out. Mm -hmm. But it's sitting there with the sun, so it's being technically burnt, combusted, or that is overarching, controlling, uh, not, not controlling in a negative way, in fact, in, in, a, in a protecting way, the sun is holding everything together. Mm. Right? So without the sun, everything, the whole solar system would collapse. Mm -hmm. It's that Goldilocks position wherein the Earth is not too close, not too far away. Mm -hmm. That type of order and alignment um, 
I think your soul was destined to burn through a lot of that, even the first few years. And there's some other things that in your chart, you go through four soul lessons in one lifetime. Yeah, I believe it. Most people have one. Few people have wow. two. Sometimes, sometimes I see people with three. Uh, have I at least four. gotten through some of them already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would assume so. I would assume so. Um, <laughs> and that that is tricky because it's almost like identity crisis. Of I I was this person, but who am I now? Well, yeah, and I feel like I'm a new woman every few years. Um, I mean, these last couple of years, my journey has really been healing my sexual trauma and training mm. under Layla. And um, before that, you know, I was doing a lot of plant medicine, but it's like every couple of years I step into a new um, healing cycle where it feels like wow. I'm clearing so much karma and um and it, I really feel like a completely different person than I was at the beginning of last year. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it, it feels like I can't live any other way, though. It feels like I have to. I don't know. I, it's 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 interesting. But everything you've said, especially even about the communication, because um, I also am on the spectrum. And so I feel like I'm very honest Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and even in my gene keys, you brought up gene keys, my life purpose is diplomacy. I'm very mm -hmm. honest, mm -hmm. but I don't always um, say things probably in the most beneficial way because mm -hmm. I am so honest and I just say mm -hmm. things. Um, and I have a passion for this podcast and for writing a book and um, for I'm very transparent on social media and things like that. But um yeah, I think that I, I need to master my communication in a way that doesn't, that is uplifting, like you said, a truthful yeah. but uplifting, because I think yeah. right now it can, it, it can just be more of a sword, um, you know. Absolutely. That's, yeah. And you just heard what you said there, it can be like a sword. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful those words can be. As I, you know, if, if the penny is mightier than the sword, when people have this understanding in their Atma Karika Mercury mm -hmm. speech, and mm -hmm. how deep that goes and what's being transmitted. Mm -hmm. That's why I was doing this little joke of, you know, seeing if you could follow body language or the spoken, because the energy behind the speech, the body language and the, the message there is that in alignment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of teachings about, you know, speaking the uh, truth and speaking it's sweet. If it's not sweet, then don't speak it. Um, but it's a tricky one because we do need to address difficulties and yeah. problems or shadows. But again, the, the, one of the key things, come with a solution. Mm. Come with a direction. Come with, here's the problems like I see it, and here's the possible solution I got. Mm -hmm. Come with a positive. Yeah. Yeah. And part of being on the spectrum, you have more adrenochrome. And when you have more adrenochrome in your brain, you're always seeing problems, which can be great as a business person or for self-development, but not always great in relationship or in self-talk, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. There, there's a place for everyone. The problem finder, the problem, like the, the one that's, you know, hello, there's a, there's a danger here in the ship. We need to address this weak part. Mm -hmm. But to come with an understanding that it's not a, it's a, it's a positive clarity of, Here's something that we need to uplift. Mm -hmm. Here's something that we need to align to something greater. Mm -hmm. 
So when people have one or two, uh, sorry, two or three, they go through different journeys in life. Mm-hmm. And it can really feel for some people like a life and death situation. Yeah. I had clients who, who actually were so close to even ending their life mm-hmm. because one journey finished. Yeah. And it was done. That, that life, that spiritual Atma Karaka mm-hmm. changed into something else. Mm-hmm. And that transition period can be quite dangerous and confusing and yeah. uh, feel like the whole world is just falling apart. There's nothing left to hold on to in the old lifetime. Does it change once the lesson is learned? Yeah. Oh. That's that is the tricky thing. So there, there, are, there are a couple of different ways that we try to time that in Vedic astrology. Mm. We use the maturity of the planets, or we use another. Um, it's called chara karaka replacement. We use another way of seeing when these different stages take place. But honestly, I don't know uh, because some of these are indeed about self-development or spiritual lesson Mm -hmm. so when if that is engaged with and and worked through then i think indeed that is more of a spiritual development that we that i don't have a hard time calculating that yeah because it's it's a higher dimension almost so indeed when this when the spirit has fully understood it then that karma is clean and clear and we step Mm -hmm. into the next school or the next lesson yeah so this is the same as karma so like i must have had some something in my history to do with communication that i'm clearing in this life is that so yeah so also you know communication is that simple way of understanding it but Mm -hmm. to be a messenger Mm. to to have an alignment to something greater and the sun and illumination and to bring that forth. So if you're doing podcast, if you're doing writing, yes, your spirit has a connection to that. Mm-hmm. And to use that early morning pre-dawn light to feel that connection to nature, to light, to illumination, to natural order, natural seasons. Mm-hmm. And that illumination in, in your church and in Indian culture um, they call the solar or the, the, um, the recommendation in your chart to illuminate that and work through, we can call it your karma or your path to worship the sun and to get that alignment. Mm-hmm. To have a type of nervous system that is inspired with light mm-hmm. and speaking from that place, mm-hmm. then I think you are naturally working through that. So yeah. karma is a big concept, and, and uh, yes, the chart indicates our karma from our past life, and especially the Atma Karaka, that you have worked with it before, that you have a connection to it from when we look into past lifetime charts, then we follow that Mercury for you, mm. and we see the positions of that. And even in the past, it has a connection to Mercury's with the sun, so um, part of my job is to, to, to try to translate Indian religion or culture and try to make it practical for Western people. Yeah. So I would say the sun, but if, if you were Indian, it would be Gayatri Mantra, which is a beautiful solar worship. Mm-hmm. May, that illum- may that light illuminate and inspire my mind. Mm. So 
yes, it is past life. It is our karma. And in this lifetime, you come in with tremendous burning. Golly, I wonder what the heck I did back then to, to have four soul lessons here. You most most likely have, you know, volunteered to enroll in a extra grade curriculum or something that this lifetime you're going to use and you're going to go through Mercury to Saturn to Sun to Mars. Those are my four. <sighs> yeah. You sound um, you sound tired just saying it. <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to do it. Uh, for me, it's, it's you know like I I jokingly call astrology the the astral GPS. Yeah. And I I try to you know make a story out of the the maps that as I see them. Mm -hmm. But you're the one on the road. You're yeah. the one in the terrain. The terrain is different than the map. And so that so those four planets of my soul lessons. You said some only have one or two. Why would mine have four? Uh, like actually on those, the chart. Yeah. But the technical way of looking at it is that the highest degree planet gets to be the soul lesson, the mm -hmm. Atma Karaka, the significator of the soul. But then if there are planets that are also very high, okay, less than one degree, so that the first has less than one degree of space, mm -hmm. it means that there's a second one that comes over time and it's, it's finished. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third one, and then there's a fourth one. So you go from Sun, uh, you go from Mercury to uh, to Saturn, to Sun, and to Mars. Mm. So when people Mars have, is the god of war, right? Mars is extremely fiery and powerful, yeah. and it is going to be something that you do, and 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 uh, it's directly related to again, going forward. So when Mars is the final one, or when Mars is the Atma Karika, we say to be a peaceful warrior. Mm. It's warrior energy. It's definitely going forward. It's taking action. It's taking charge. It is, for you, most likely going to empower your, you know, passionate stance and, and to take authority and to go forward. So you will be... Um, going through those in your lifetime the the first one is the original and it is the foundation of mm -hmm. this life so always coming back to that communication will be a big part of this mm -hmm. the second one saturn we usually say to fully understand suffering oh lord the first noble truth of the buddha right jeez there's there's, there's four steps on the buddhist path the first oh, one is i have fear coming is, up <laughs> There is suffering. No, don't worry. It's well placed in your chart. It's actually exalted at Saturn. Because I think the most suffering I can think of would be losing one of my children. And so I instantly go to that. Like, wow. please don't let me go through that suffering. The, the lesson of the Buddhist noble uh, path, I think, is very valuable. So the, the first realization, and I think you already work with that, to be honest. No one would be pursuing a spiritual path and and wanting to transform unless there was some need to transform mm -hmm. from something. I've already experienced a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so just the recognition that there is suffering. The first step is one's own life. But I think for you very, very quickly, it becomes around suffering around you. Oh. Maybe family related, mm -hmm. maybe origin of birth and the first few years. Mm -hmm. that you spoke about mm -hmm. that becomes wow okay so these aren't hungry. necessarily in order 
no there there is there's a there's a type of progression through them Mm-hmm. but based upon where it's placed in your chart it would be the the family and the people around you we could say it's yeah. not directly on top of you and and that saturn is uplifted mm-hmm. so it will be a clear understanding of my god i have suffered other people have suffered mm-hmm. or other people are suffering mm-hmm. and a type of wounded healer can be part yeah. of that right okay. so doctors are people who have karma that they have to deal with suffering mm-hmm. Yeah. Ideally, not their suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the wounded healer type is a wow. I have taken on suffering. I understand it, and other people are suffering. Mm-hmm. So again, the the spiritual lesson becomes about acceptance that there is suffering in life. It's not a stop. It's one step on the four path. Okay. Right. So there's mm-hmm. the first realization. My God, there is suffering. Keep the journey. Keep continuing. This, the lesson is to not perpetuate that suffering, mm-hmm. to not take one's own suffering out on others. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am feeling like I've moved through this one. Yeah, because I've I've um, worked through so much trauma and now I'm doing sessions with people to help move through yep. their own trauma. So, exactly. okay, okay, exactly. You, a little bit. And for you, for you, it's in a really stable position that you will not flicker. You mm-hmm. will have the endurance Mm-hmm. You will have what the Greek called pragma, which is enduring love to be able to stay in a relationship, to stay connected, to be there, to hold, to be a pillar of the community. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're dealing with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking on responsibility of, of, of others in a healthy way, of course, um, but taking on the responsibility of, of being a pillar in community. And it mm-hmm. actually is a, is a great source for when you have that maturity. That mm-hmm. wounded healer archetype, it might even be one of your income ways to mm-hmm. take on maturity, responsibility, deep understanding of life and enduring through things mm-hmm. and maintaining and holding a steady position there. Mm-hmm. So that Saturn is a very high placement in your chart, so don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, many people are afraid of Saturn, and he's a strong teacher, mm-hmm. uh, but it's placed in an exalted position, in an upliftment. Mm-hmm. You get a very high ethics and morals mm-hmm. to understand that suffering. And really think about what is the difference between pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. To learn that as, as part of it. So there, there is pain in this life. Suffering is different. Mm-hmm. And when you speak again, you mentioned diplomacy. Saturn will teach you that mm. mm-hmm. to have that type of balance and maturity and be able to to choose your words and sometimes speaking less is speaking more and sometimes just being silent and being the pillar yeah this is it this is the way things are we have to mm-hmm. stay with that and let that sink in and okay then we can continue now Mm-hmm. yeah saturn is a tremendous uh power in your chart that can give you actually can give you stability can give you authority can give you um long-term stable including support on the financial level wealth mm-hmm. yeah have you had any, uh, do you have any real estate yet? Or is that something in the plans of land and development or? 
No, but I, um, I would like for my, what I feel that I'm here for is as of right now, like I said, I become a new woman every few years, but what I feel I'm here for right now is in service of women's sexuality of rewriting their sexual narrative, healing their sexual mm-hmm. trauma and, um, feeling more gasmic as well in their life. And, um, it's not something I can live off of right now, but what I would like is that that is very fruitful. I think that's, that's to have land, to have development, to have long-term security and goals and that kind of maturity and that steadiness. There's a few different combinations there in your chart that um, you mentioned having kids and to have that stability, to have that foundation. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that is in the... Maybe in a few years, maybe I really yeah, crave two, it. Yeah. two, three years in the future to really ah. start to yeah, look into how to have that kind of foundation and stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a beautiful um, support for that in, in your chart of um, maturity and high ethics. And, and Saturn is well-placed, so don't worry about the idea of the first lesson of suffering. Okay. Think of it more as a wound healer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then you have two more, Sun <laughs> and Mars, which are, again, very strong fire. So you will have yeah. leadership. You will have authority. You will be known for per- being a person who has tremendous capacity to, yeah, to take charge, to hold responsibility, to, to, to burn through some stuff, to, f- to follow your passion, to really follow your passion. The final one is this Mars that sits with Venus. That's a classical passion combination, um, inspired, creative, and um, that Mars is also exalted. Exalted means that these planets are lifted up to high levels. They can be debilitated. They can be in difficult position. They can be in their home. They can be uplifted into exaltation that is like again this higher dimension these higher realms so so again mars as a final atma karaka it's a it's a warrior mm-hmm. it is calling for deep change is calling to burn through something or tear something up and create a new structure create mm-hmm. a new create a new kingdom or queendom uh, yeah. create a new structure of stability mm-hmm. tearing up was um dysfunctional yeah Mm. thank you so i'm curious um well first of all i want to point out that this vedic astrology is so different because in western astrology i'm virgo rising and yeah so it's crazy that you you will you will be virgo rising here too um you will have your ascendant uh, in Virgo, and then in an, in the smaller, what's called a nakshatra, which is the lunar signs or the smaller signs, uh-huh. um, is also hasta, which again inspires a lot of illumination, intellect, learning to use the hands, learning learning the lessons of Mercury. Mm. And it's interesting that the sun is one of them because um, I feel really what my favorite medicine to work with is huachuma, and it's the mm. cactus that grows towards yeah. the sun and the um, you know, the, some of the tribes that use it even call it drinking the sun. And Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. and so um, I don't see it anytime soon, but in my much older years, um, 
I, I feel that I'll work with it a lot with clients as well. And so um, it's interesting that the sun, and I, I instantly thought of Huachuma. So. so when I look deeper of the, in the chart of what we call the Navamsha, the D9, the subchart, and looking at the spiritual path there, again, Mercury is with the sun in a very high position. So the solar plant medicine, the solar light, mm. that is directly just, you know, your your intellect it's not the best translation. It's called the buddhi. The ability to make distinction, discernment, to see clearly that network of our nervous system and alignment. And I can imagine indeed that um, yeah, Wachuma is illuminating that. It is bringing you into that solar energy. There's a you know, beautiful support of other medicine to the mother and uh, the darker uh, stuff, but I would suggest that indeed the solar pathway in Wachuma is yeah. directly illuminating you. Yeah, it's also interesting. Um, you've brought up intellect and communication because I often feel like I'm not articulate and I, mm. my trigger is being misunderstood. It's like my biggest yeah. trigger that I have to work with. And um, yeah. and I I often, like starting this podcast, my my blockage was that I didn't feel intellectual enough. I didn't feel articulate enough. So it's very interesting that that's a soul lesson. And um, I can't believe it was only last year, but last year I, I took a medicine called Combo mm -hmm. and uh, my esophagus split and I lost six units of blood, almost bled to death in front of my family. Wow. Um, wow. I had to get blood transfusions. Uh, but it was very clear to me that it was, it was karmic. Um, but it was... Wow you know, it was my esophagus. It was my, um, so yeah, that seems somewhat related. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is powerful. Um, yeah. Um, I'm glad that ended safely because there is this position where this one is going is very delicate. You most likely have gone through the underworld a few times and close yeah. calls and, mm -hmm. um, yeah interesting interesting yeah and now i because you know in layla teaches too that like every mythic goddess has journeyed to the underworld and um that's where she gets her reclamation and um i feel that when you're on that path it's almost something that you continually do like go into the underworld and find god there find the holy there and yeah. um, are able to sit in that and um in that internal hell in a way um yeah but, yeah that that is where you that's where this mercury has gone in your chart is it's between two places between water and fire between scorpio and sagittarius and even deeper we say that's between jeshta and mula two different positions that are actually in astronomy it is the the center of the galaxy so this idea of the underworld is indeed where you're have gone back to. It's mm -hmm. almost like you Mercury has gone backwards and mm -hmm. gone crossing that border, going into the underworld. Uh, so it's actually interesting. It's uh, uh, the remedy there is Ganesha in Hindu. Wow. Hinduism. Yeah. Oh, and so I've been so very, drawn to him since I was young. Star, yeah. Sorry. I've been so drawn to him since I was young. It's a very, very powerful protection before you do that kind of journey, before you go into work to have that support. So do you have. know when my esophagus split, um, uh, 
a Ganesha song was playing, it was, um, uh, I just lost the, the lyrics. Um, Om Gum Ganapatiye Namaha. Yeah. Yeah, that was playing. It was so interestingly. And then when I, I did, people are going to think I'm a freak saying all this, but when I did 5-MEO and I had stopped breathing and the shaman had to go find my soul and bring it back, that song was all I could hear. And wow. so, so, it's so interesting that you say protector. It's making me so, um, cause I've always felt so drawn to him and, and into Hinduism. And even though it's not in my bloodline on paper, you know, but mm-hmm. I also grew up in a really religious church. I was adopted into a really religious family when I was around 15 and golly saying journey to the underworld that would have terrified me back then, you know, mm. and something like Ganesh would have looked even demonic back then. And no, then when no. I transitioned out of that at a, around 22, um, I saw a tapestry of Ganesh in Brazil and bought it and hung it in my room. And it was there ever since. And um, yeah, none of those things, they're all so intriguing to me now. They're almost romantic. Yeah. It's the strangest thing how, all around the world now i don't think there's any country where there's no picture or someone has brought back a painting of ganesha or a tapestry or you know at least uh, the minimum would be some hippie guy with a, t- a tattoo or a t-shirt of ganesha it's mm-hmm. it's the strangest thing how this elephant headed god suddenly has become so popular yeah and one of my first teachers, his teacher, used to say that this this time period we're in belongs to Ganesha and Mother Goddess. And mm-hmm. Ganesha clears and cleans the way. And in your chart, absolutely, it is a um, well-protected. You are blessed by it. And it is uh, indeed important to connect to that for, for protection, especially if you're doing those deep journeys. Yeah. So I have two questions about that. Um, one, you know, I wonder if sometimes the um, those in the actual culture feel that it's misappropriation or um, mm. like a, a lack of respect because they don't, maybe there's not the reverence and it's, you know what I mean? Or is it, yeah. to me, is it like there's a bit of a joy that that medicine is being spread, even if people don't quite know what they're coming into contact with? The Ganesh yeah. medicine is still being spread in in a way. So there's, I have that question. And then um, I also wonder, you know, people in my life uh, can sometimes feel that it's a false God, that um, there's mm. only one God, there's source. Mm-hmm. And then these mm-hmm. are false gods that can be made into idols and that it's um, almost like idolatry to like to God and that it's mm-hmm. sin in a, in a sense. And so I'm curious your thoughts on both of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge topic and, and it, any tool can be misused. And we talked about the swastika, which clearly was misused. Mm-hmm. It was taken as a power and twisted. In fact, it's, if you look at the difference, part of the reason why it was, misused is because it's twisted it's unstable energy and where's the um, mm. so yes there, there are people who might misuse ganesha if they're um there are certain companies that are producing strange things uh toilet seats with hindu gods on them what yeah so that, that like that causes a big i know 
Still when Indians bigger. find out about Western companies that are putting that on Amazon.com and selling, uh. you know, weird stuff like that. Um, in general, I think most people have good intentions. And at the same time, there can be ignorance. So people who get tattoos of sacred symbols, mm. in Indian tradition, we say that ideally have it at least not below the navel. Mm. when people put an ohm on their feet they might have good intentions mm -hmm. and it might be you know something that initiation initiation for them or something you know it mm -hmm. might be walking the path or something like that walking the yogi path who knows but from indian perspective it's a bit like putting things down mm -hmm. things that are sacred we want to put higher mm -hmm. so again the idea of having um like i see in some western companies and they're producing um, clothing again with sacred symbols or paintings pictures and you know by the feet there might be a indian god or something mm -hmm. uh, again it depends on the intention if, if it's pure just we want to make money on this not the best intention yeah, um, yeah. and then and you know if the intention is pure then of course everyone makes mistakes mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know if if people have tattoos there there's no need to laser it away but hmm. if you're planning on doing it then ideally having it on the higher part of the body yeah okay it's like we, we wouldn't place a ganesha statue by the shoe stand in the hallway mm -hmm. that would be a little bit weird we would maybe put it in the hallway is a good thing but we would put it higher than mm -hmm. where the jerk is yeah so learning a little bit and, and uh having you know, having good intention, having respect and understanding that we're, we're moving along. Cultural appropriation. I mean, I'm, I'm Western. I grew up in Norway, but something just clicked with me when I heard mantras as a teenager. Yeah, just, me too. What, what is this? What is this? And, and it put me on a path that is still going after many decades. And um, my spirit, my spiritual path is connected to foreign. So I had to go abroad. I had to find it in a different culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, I was brought to Indian culture and so much of my life has been connected to that and pilgrimage and journeys that um, it's almost like an energy that just took over. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I'm, I'm modern, I'm Western. So like I said, a part of my journeys how can i make this universal and instead of culturally appropriation how can i make it appropriate to the culture mm -hmm. in a respectful healthy way mm -hmm. can we use this understanding in a modern context and respect the religion and at the same time understand that we are foreigners in a certain way and take the essence take the lessons the principle behind things mm. yeah um i wish i had a simple answer to that i think no that's that's perfect yeah. thank you yeah. yeah and the idea the idea of one true god or one true light i think that's true mm -hmm. the sun is the sun right but we experience different colors of that light mm-hmm in the rainbow spectrum where there is, you know, a range from red all the way. And that's how I relate to Ganesh as an aspect yeah. of God. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, beautiful. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy, I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite, and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. I want to touch back on karma later, but I really wanted to find out about Vedic Astrology like what it says about human consciousness on a global scale currently. Because, you know, there's that thought, I think it's um, Gene Keys and Human Design talks about with the 2027 shift. Mm. Is that also what Vedic astrology shows? There are, there are different calculations and I'll, um, I'll address that, but it's, it's never been my forte. I never really used the, the, the global stuff that much I, I always focused on the individual chart because even in even in the cycle we're in right now which is not an easy one there are people who are thriving they have an individual chart that is uplifted mm. and then there might be better cycles on the global but one's individual chart is going down so my focus has always been on on individual mm-hmm. um we have shifted out of um we have shifted out of uh, certain cycles that are considered coming into a bit more tricky. We're ruled by Mars quite a bit. And currently mm-hmm. there's wars and there's heat and there's maybe more conflict and more control than we've seen um, the last few decades, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not so certain about the 2027 because there's a few th- times in my life i hear people talking about 2012 2021 yeah, like and it keeps pushing so i'm a little bit reluctant to to doing this in the future something will change my goal is mm-hmm. actually for people to understand here and now this is where we are and this is the individual lessons we work mm-hmm. with yeah um yeah 
Okay. And I'm yeah. also curious, I remember you bringing up something around like birth time versus time of conception. Does time of mm. conception have its own chart that we also work yep. with or, oh, wow. So if you know yeah, what time you way, yeah, there are there are techniques for calculating a conception chart, and um, that has an imprint. Absolutely, the energy of two people meeting, coming together, and that becomes a very subtle, subtle form of the chart. Yeah, um, I feel like that's probably most people have such a hard time finding that out. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool um, that, that you can use that. There, there are there are techniques for it. It's not used that much um, because we are born into this physical body, and that is what we deal with. But mm-hmm. that that imprint um, definitely affects us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with you, a comprehensive reading focuses on self understanding, health and vitality, family history and dynamics, career, wealth, and security and then relationships and partnerships, and then spiritual practice and alignment, those six sections. Um, If it's okay, if you have time, I'd love to hear like a mini version of those last three um, so that people can kind of get a general idea too of like what they find out in Vedic astrology. If you just like touch on it, um, Mm -hmm. if you have time, if you don't have time for all three, you can just choose one. Okay. So which one would you like to start with? Uh... (laughs) I feel nervous. Um, I guess we can go in order, career, wealth, security, and then relationship okay. partnership, and then spiritual practice. Yeah. I'm most nervous for the relationship and partnership. Yeah. Layla told me about her reading with you. So, <laughs> if, if life is a school, then relationship, that's, that's the university. Yeah. That is the closest mirror that is. The, so we, we're in the first house in the ascendant, and the partner is the opposite it is the Mm -hmm. mirror it's the one we're facing Mm -hmm. so that is indeed where the the rubber meets the road and we get to really test our um yeah yeah but we can start with the the work and expression in the world so for you the the same planet that rules you rules the 10th house mercury Mm. so indeed the the communication the writing a book and these things Mm. is part of the same Mm-hmm. that's the first step so the the teachings and the knowledge and these things are clearly indicate that you will move into those things you might have done other stuff before i don't know if you did any business or sales or any form of advertisement and maybe yeah. things like that has been uh, in your past but more and more it is um most of my work has always been image-based, which has been a bit frustrating, but even in the image-based work, it's been um, sales at times. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a versatile, it has it's a dual sign. It has, you know, different things you can you can explore with that. But I do think more and more your profession will be towards the guidance and um wisdom and teaching um definitely based upon your own journeys based upon your own um so again this mercury it's not just communication your own spiritual transformation of your nervous system the way that you spoke about you know you 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 speak the truth and 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 to fine-tune that Mm -hmm. um to be able to be very effective with communication 
mm-hmm. uh, to be able to influence, to be able to take uh, leadership more and more. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is what's actually coming more and more this year, actually, is that this, this Mars is going forward and taking charge and, and being um, a leader, a manager, a uh, person who's taking charge will be um, going your way. Mm-hmm. I, I do think project-based things are, are best. I don't think it's uh, a situation where you do the same nine to five. I think you need to No, have, I can't do nine to five. Yeah. I, I either feel I'll do one-on-one with clients to heal the sexual mm-hmm. trauma or I'll do like workshops or retreats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does it, do our charts tell us though, like if we'll be successful in that or if it's something that we'll struggle in? Because um, that's something I really, I want, I don't want, I don't need a ton of money. I just want to be, um, I want to have, feel financially abundant, have enough to celebrate my friends, to share and to provide for my kids Montessori without stress. I don't want to be a stressed out mother when it comes to finances. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some people have work that is not related to their financial situation. Some people, you know, they do an investment and they they do service work where they're not, they're not making the same as their, you know, maybe they're getting dividend from some amazing stock or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I do think there's something about this idea of uh, land and home and development, long-term stability. Mm-hmm. I do think something like that can be um, a financial anchor. Yes. So consider that in the long, long term. Mm-hmm. Speaking, uh, publishing, teaching, all of those things have um, income for you. Mm. But maybe again, the idea of this, this uh, long term um, development, let me double check some other things. Um, yeah. You are you are protected in home situations. So over time, maybe that that there is an investment made, and you know, maybe it's long term, maybe it's mortgage, maybe it is you know slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be a financial situation that really protects you. Mm-hmm. So it takes some time, but then it is extremely stable. Mm-hmm. Um, so project based to have uh, a mission to have a completion to to take people through what you have to communicate what you have done um to pick to take people through an, an underworld or transformative experience and and finishing that project or then with that you know i don't think you want to have a client forever right it is a process mm-hmm. it is going through a journey and coming to a completion and the same thing with a retreat or a workshop or something like that it is mm-hmm. uh, or even the book it's a it's a project it, it, yeah. it's going to take effort but then it's done mm-hmm. that kind of uh, ending things to come to a completion is important mm-hmm. but yes you are writing yeah you are uh i'm i'm starting to yeah, yeah. i i mean i i tried about 10 years ago but i hadn't healed my trauma and so i just slipped mm-hmm. into deep deep depression going back into all the trauma so now that I've had my um so much of a healing journey and I know I still have so much more um I want to write from that place so right now I'm in Layla's program and it's pretty time intensive but I graduated in December so 
Early morning energy. So if yeah. you can catch that sunrise and see what inspires you, do some journaling or writing. It has to be inspired. The yeah. danger there is if you lose the light, then it is indeed back into the darker mm. underworld. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think that if you if you do speak about dark stuff, if you do speak about suffering, mm-hmm. you can actually make money on suffering. You can make money on being a wounded healer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and holding that steadiness, holding that um, foundation, that maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 child that's losing their toy, they might be upset, but they're running to the grandparent who is like, "It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hold you. We're gonna be with you. We're gonna work through this. We'll get you another toy." To be the one with the stable nervous system. Yeah, it's it's hard with the writing. Um, I think one of the reasons why I struggle with it is because um, I have a good relationship with my birth mom now, but she mm. is so much a part of my suffering. And um, releasing a book about that would be so hurtful for her because she's she's so embarrassed by it, you know. So I've got to really figure mm. out the communication aspect of it of how to write wow. it in a way that you know is uplifting yeah, yeah. to her the first the first uh so the you know the eight yama niyamas the the yogic path the ahimsa the Mm non-violent and then is truth Mm -hmm. so Mm. truth is always conquering or truth truth will set you free but the first principle is this non-violent and that's Mm -hmm. what i'm hearing from you is that it would be harming others to speak Mm -hmm. that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so that shows you know you have that awareness it's not just it, it's some that can be a danger sometimes when people just you know speak they're speaking in the truth but, but mm-hmm. it's hurting others right yeah so yeah it's a lot of diplomacy a lot of maturity and finding a way to communicate that uh, always looking at the goal the, the forward the positive the solution and um uplifted inspired speak i mean your nervous system is unique right you have this uh, you said uh, you have discovered that already and to trust that that's okay and to find that inspiration that it, it truly is an inspiration it truly is a life force of illumination that first morning sun breathing that in and writing from that energy mm-hmm. yeah very transformative, very strong capacity for doing that in your chat. Very liberating. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah beautiful, beautiful. In, in, encouraging others and, and building skills and capacity. And, and uh, there, there's, there's a little bit of a battle, right? There's a little bit of having to work through something. But with that alignment and that knowledge, it is... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yeah thank you thank you so that was career wealth and security um and i think you must have you must be finding that more and more especially this year that you're taking leadership that you're trusting your passion i think and trusting that there is a there's a peaceful warrior in you that will fight for that uh Mm -hmm. passion and and establishment of something new Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know hearing you hearing your story of of yeah articulation and words and there's a self-confidence about that but you're the one that's producing a podcast 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're you're taking leadership and stepping out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's out maybe outside of your comfort zone, but my God, you grow there. And um, I had a friend of mine who, a non-native English speaker, and she would get like an email or something once a day. She would study an English word, right? So over time, my God, she lifted up her intellect and she could communicate with mm. native English speaker on a higher level than they had. Wow. You know, learning words and learning, lifting up one's illumination, actually, mm-hmm. by words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's something I, I aspire to as well. Um, I don't know why it's always felt like a big deal to me that I, I want to sound articulate and I I've always loved poetry and things like that and um, so that's probably a bit of it I'm curious in this section does it show like if there's a specific blockage around money or specific Mm. like karmic tie to it or something there there might yeah there might be some fear some stuckness Mm -hmm. again the positive of that is long-term steadiness okay Mm. um And there, there is another indication that profits, the, the profit of um, your work, it might come and go, it might fluctuate. Mm-hmm. There might be times where it's like, wow, it's really, you know, it's coming. Oh, it's going. <laughs> uh, so it's not always stable, the, the income from the work, maybe. Mm. Again, some people have that nine to five and they get the same paycheck month after month after month. Mm-hmm. It seems to me maybe in your case, it is more like, you know bigger waves we could say Mm. um to have an investment in something solid in something long term you know maybe the idea of having kids and the the maturity and the stability that will naturally come the protective mother instinct of nature that will come and give you a grounding i do think again and again i will repeat myself but um down to earth and development of security and land partnership and relationship and having that steadiness having that home that can be a tremendous uh, ground for you mm. to have that platform to have that security uh, and not be too attached that sometimes you have projects right so that, that's the nature of the work too is that sometimes there's huge and sometimes there's less right Mm -hmm. Uh, i I don't think it's always going to be steady Mm. when it comes to um does that make sense yeah 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 it's not the funnest answer but i surrender to it (laughs) and invest investing in that communication and that book and maybe you write one book and it takes time and it's not some money there and then Mm. you know hopefully that gives a resources that will come and then there might be you know up and down a bit like that yeah that makes sense in general i think you are you know very supported and secure the the partnerships that you make will um protect resources Mm, okay Hmm. that's so interesting okay so that's career wealth and security and then how about relationships and partnerships? So from uh, from a quick glance, um, 
you are, you know, the Jupiter is the lord of your seventh house. And that Jupiter sits in its own sign in Sagittarius. That is resourceful. There is uh, mm -hmm. someone with good wisdom. There is some, uh, this is for long-term relationship, okay? Mm -hmm. um, are you currently in one or are you in the long-term? Uh, it's off and on, yeah. It's so. off and on, okay. Okay, so when it settles, and most likely, I think that's the opportunity more and more from um, from beginning. Uh, well, end of this year, beginning of next year, the first half, the first half. So until like May next year, there could be a lot of opportunity for more growth and settledness in in mm -hmm. relationship. The but in general, I think we would have quite resourceful. Uh, partners that can give um, security and wisdom is, is a blessing there mm. you might have been running a little bit tricky cycles um for a bit yeah so that makes sense the, the last uh the last actually decade uh oh yeah maybe, yeah it was a pits <laughs> yeah uh you will meet people are coming to you for sure there are opportunities there are there's there's different places long-term relationship you know i'm happy to meet with you another time when we go deeper into it mm -hmm. but they're different than dating and affairs lovers mm -hmm. that is different places mm. uh, i believe that more of the stable long-term especially from end of this year uh, a lot more potential there your own alignment is actually very uh, enduring like mm -hmm. you can understand that long-term relationship and and uh, go through the difficulty practical enduring uh, ideally becoming very old together you know the image uh, mm -hmm. of this is to two people in their 80s sitting on the park bench holding hands that type mm -hmm. of yeah. stability so there's an emotional, it's almost like the astrological attachment system. You might, you know, there, there's people are secure, people are insecure, avoidant, or mm -hmm, dismissive, mm -hmm. and these things. So and disorganized. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so in fact, the desire for a relationship here. I really I am, um, right now, my work feels like, because um, I really crave that, like, sacred union that, yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, there's nothing like it, you know, when it's like that sacred union where it's like you are channeling God in your sex and it's just you when you meditate, you know, like I don't want to when I write out what I want, it sounds like a erotic fantasy in a way, you know, but um, yeah, I'm really craving that, but I've been working on just um, up leveling internally to receiving mm. it. And then if mm -hmm. it's it, with what's here now, and then if it's then great, it will transcend, um, even though there's a big divide um, spiritually. Um, or if not, it falls away and, you know, that manifests. I'm not sure. But I know my gene keys said something about, like, I don't really meet that until uh, my late 40s. Is mm. somehow it said something like that? I don't know. But yeah, so that the same idea of this uh, long term, maybe it takes a bit of time, but um passion is very strong in your chart so it makes a lot of sense that you this eros that's venus and you have venus with mars uplifted mm -hmm. that is a passion combination so this this 
desire of union and lifting that up that is absolutely mm-hmm. a force of nature right mm-hmm. that is eros uh, you have that in the subchapter of uh, very strong passion and to have that mixed with long-term mm-hmm. enduring how can one keep that passion and enduring really the image of you know again an elderly couple mm-hmm. holding hands in the park you know sitting mm-hmm. on the park bench and watching life mm-hmm. decades and decades there is a type of um possibility i think for care and long term and the greek the greek would call that pragma so there's different forms of love mm-hmm. uh, the difficulty in english we have one word we say i love this i love that mm-hmm. uh, most people when it comes to romantic they speak about eros venus mm-hmm. erotic energy mm-hmm. passion desire uh, falling in love this other flavor is called pragma which means mm. maybe even practical or yeah. enduring you know mature stable yeah. long term that type of and i uh, want all that but you're right i like i'm so much about the passion like i i um my idea of sacred union i picture like yeshua and magdalene you know like all the sex magic and <laughs> so yeah and, and how to sustain that? that? How, how that would that would be a tremendous uh, yeah, gift like maybe to, it would to be learn and to give, you know, how to sustain that? Yeah, because most most of eros is water and sensuality. It's hormonal. It's hard to hold and maintain that. Yeah. Eros is usually in old cultures. They're they're a little bit afraid of eros as a like as a foundation for marriage. Because mm. it's hard to, to usually after a year or two, it's not the same passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more older cultures would usually, you know, look at bigger picture and, and Indian culture, they call it a love marriage. Mm. These days, it's quite common in modern cities in India. People are modern. It's not mm-hmm. the old culture of arranged marriage. But the, the foundation was that astrology charts were matched. The family agreed this would be a stable union and mm-hmm. they would develop love mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. That is this. So you have to mix it. Maybe um, see if that image of sustainable long-term can support your own navigation of relationship. In general, I do think you have opportunity to meet very, um, when it comes to long-term, very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that show up like week, later in my life? Like, the gene key says or or does it not um say that in vedic um there are a few ways of timing it i would say especially after uh 39 especially after 39 that stabilizes very strongly oh wow okay yeah i got okay this is so interesting because even like when layla talks about karma like we she talks about you know the part of surrendering to it but then um like these parts that like you have your work cut cut out for you, like working your butt off in this domain, you know, having coaches in this specific area. And then just those other areas that maybe your chart tends to be easy, just letting itself, letting it be enjoyed, you know, but like in those, in those specific areas, like I know for her, her relationship was like her really hard area, Mm -hmm. like her work Mm -hmm. and all that was really beautiful. And so like she works her butt off in that, that domain, you know, and, it's part of how I guess she surrenders to it as well. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So some people get get a bit more intensified in certain domains of life, and then there's seasons, right? So there are times where things are flowing and it's easy, and then there might be seasons where we have to, yeah, uh, prepare ourselves a bit, and we go through that winter or something like that. Yeah. Um, there are different ways of approaching it. I mean, I, I would definitely say that I, I truly believe that for everyone, because it's it's the direct mirror. Mm -hmm. relationship is where we uh really get to see ourselves <laughs> and yeah. some people have that intensified strongly so yes you you do have that as well but in general when you when you get into a long-term steady and i do think again from the end of the year and especially next year that is stabilizing there's a lot of good support for it mm -hmm. and especially after um yeah, coming into end of 38 and especially beginning of 39 okay. i do think that is uh finalizing quite a lot and again this this is a strange thing but include the ideas of what the greek called pragma practical enduring stable mm -hmm. long term yeah is this is this a relationship you can see yourself being eight years old and mm -hmm. you know walking through life? Is this a yeah. practical uh, relationship? Those things can go. Yeah. Another, another very strange remedy that's given for a relationship is to fast on Tuesdays. Really? Yeah, that's a weird thing, huh? It makes no sense on the Western logical way. How can fasting improve our relationship? So it's based upon certain technical things in astrology. And, and again, part of my own journey is to how can we understand this? How can we work with it? Tuesday is related to Mars. So Martes, they say in Latin languages. Uh, we say Tuesday because of Tyr. Tyrstag, it's the god of war, actually. It's Mars. Hmm. So spending some time on Tuesdays. Fasting is recommended because that's the most effective alchemy, actually, of oh. completely breaking patterns, mm. completely stopping the habitual feeding, emotional, nervous system, physical. Wake up. It's a sacred day. And it's, mm. it's done from waking up until sunset. Now, I... I don't know if that's enough. I like if people are fasting and they're sitting watching Netflix all day, I don't think it's effective. Right. I think it's supposed to be a burning transformation, a changing of our emotional. It's, it's a lesson. Mm -hmm. And because it is Mars, it's a lesson maybe of power. It's a mm -hmm. lesson of passion. So you have this Venus-Mars combination, young feminine, young masculine, desire and passion. And how can you really feel that fire, what you're burning for? How can you stabilize power dynamics in relationship? Uh, the, the second, you know, the first, first chapter of a relationship is infatuation. Mm -hmm. that is, everything is thumbs up. It is beautiful. God on them. Yeah. yeah, it's the new romance. It is love and it is, you know, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the dopamine is rushing and we're in love. We're taken over. It's strong. It's like a drug. The second chapter is pointing the finger. There's no more <laughs> thumbs up. It's starting to be pointing the finger. Yeah. So that Mars quality, that is, arr, 
that needs to have a mission, that needs to have an expression in your life mm-hmm. and will empower you in your work and your image and who you are and, and what you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. That might be the key. So mm-hmm. on Tuesdays, it's recommended to spend some time and reduce the, again, fasting is not just food, reducing distraction, spending mm-hmm. some time on Tuesday to really contemplate what are you fighting for? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a relationship and there is a power struggle, there is the pointing the finger, mm-hmm. there is this dynamic of who who's in charge and you know who's who's leading here and what, what's the power dynamic mm-hmm. passion there's you know passion in the bedroom passion in the kitchen sometimes they're throwing dishes it's a bit mm-hmm. of like this you know passion is up and down isn't it mm-hmm. so what are you fighting for mm-hmm. on tuesdays especially if it's a relationship that's starting to be pointing the fingers and fighting make sure that you're not fighting Make sure that you're empowered and you mm-hmm. have that Mars warrior energy. You have to fight for something. Mm-hmm. To go somewhere. The danger is when two people, when there's two points and they're just looking at each other, it, it's just something has to happen. They have to have yeah. the third point. Usually that becomes a pet or a kid or something or a project. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taking their energy and they're moving it into something. It's like a triangle. It goes forward, an apex. They have, they have an alignment. Mm. So really use Tuesdays to sit with that fire, that warrior, that leadership. What are you fighting for? And can you fight for something peacefully even? Yeah. Can you take that energy that gets stirred up by pointing the fingers at each other mm-hmm. and move that forward? Yeah. Because there's a lot of fire in your chart. You're burning for things. You have tremendous passion. And um, and relationships will stir that alchemy up for sure. Mm-hmm. So Tuesdays and your own refinement, your own inner clarity so that you know your direction, what you're fighting for, and you're not burning the partner, basically. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you talked about practical. Um, I know at a recent um, tantric retreat, they they talked about how most like tantric um, women want a tantric partner, like someone who's going to practice tantra mm. with them, but that that's not always practical um and to kind of like let go of that she was basically calling like bs on it that we need that in order to be in our tantric work Mm. i guess so yeah Mm. yeah it will be a it'll be a beautiful uh journey to see how you can combine those two things of all this energy all this passion mixing that with tantric understanding and with is this a relation? So the, the Saturn is the Saturn is influencing this long term. Is is this creating stability? Does it have resource resourceful gain? Is there is there a security? And is it even supporting your role in society? Mm-hmm. Is is this relationship serving the society? Mm. That is this mature long term idea of. Um, yeah, going through going through life together. And in the old world, the idea of marriage between arranged couples was it like, does it serve the society? And people would agree upon arranged marriage based upon they have to meet and they have to agree and there have to be an understanding that this is a person they can build and rise in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's very different than the romantic uh, Hollywood messages we get, right? This is yeah. uh, actually very old, very mature. Does it promote and support your responsibility and maturity in the world, this relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so learning to balance all those things. I don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> but, but spend time on Tuesdays and spend time with yourself to burn a bit for this. And it's good to feel that burning a bit. Just mm-hmm. find a healthy, peaceful, powerful and uh, forward movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you are, what is your role in society, and can the relationship support that journey together? Yeah, thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. so the last one, spiritual practice and alignment. Yeah, so this this foundation that you have definitely always start with Ganesha. That is a deep prayer for alignment and for mm-hmm. so Ganesha is the Lord of Muladhara, the root center. Mm. So there's tremendous powers that are underneath there, we could say. Mm-hmm. People have no interest in Indian religion and they don't want to, you know, culturally uh, appropriate and these things, then this understanding of deeper a door that's opening up to deeper powers and it can be indeed like you've expressed there's journeys into the underworld these deeper forces that come through there if you already have a good connection with ganapati then you know having that prayer om ganapati anama or other things can be a foundation a support a protection to start with mm-hmm. and then i do think we spoke quite a lot about this how to have illumination, how for you to have a nervous system that is inspired Mm. and communicating from that, leading from that. Um, That is an important thing, leadership. Mm -hmm. To for The way that I see your chart is that you're, um, again, four different spiritual lessons, huge life transformations, huge... Uh, experiences of going through uh, cycles in life that is is more than the average and finally um, ending up with a passionate leadership capacity so you know I, I try to bridge this into how can we live a spiritual life more than just sitting and uh, meditating mm-hmm. or mantras mm-hmm. um, but follow the sun, follow that illumination. And you mentioned Wachuma, which is the solar energy from a South American culture. If you wanted to explore it in other cultures, you can you can test and try it out. There is mm-hmm. no culture that I know of that didn't understand the solar principles. Gayatri mm-hmm. Mantra, um, Surya Narayana, those are Indian terms that would be um, maybe more understood for someone who grew up in that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in a certain way, um, Mercury again is, is indication of Buddhi or Buddha. So even understanding of Buddhist psychology or navigation um, can be something there. You will always have a very unique foreign. Uh, you, you will not necessarily follow a specific 
religion or a guru. In fact, you will you will challenge that a bit. Yeah. You always you always see the hypocrisy or the uh, mm-hmm. something that's outside of the structures. Like, hey, what about that? How do you integrate mm-hmm. that? Hey, what? Yeah. You know, yeah. So I don't necessarily see you following a specific path, but. I mean, I have so much um, reverence for Yeshua and for Magdalene really? and for Ganesh and Kali yeah. and yeah. Lakshmi. Like, I'm just there so in love with all of them. Um, yeah. But, you know, something else that I thought of is I feel really drawn to the Agni Hotra. The, yeah. Um, but I, I'm never up with the sunrise itself. Um, and so I need, I want, I want to, um, that was something that I, I wanted to commit to earlier this year is getting up and chanting that with the sunrise mm. and then making sure that I do it with the sunset as well. I, I would explore that and see how that's influencing your thoughts and your nervous system. Mm. That solar energy, I mean, Western medicine is catching up that it's, it's a, you know, it's an antidepressant. It's a hormone related. It's, it's, it's connecting us directly to nature to meet with our eyes, which is light. Mm-hmm. To meet that solar force is probably the most practical nature-based uh, remedy that, or in a spiritual practice that I could see in you. In you. Um, so yes, at least try to do it once a week on Sunday. Sunday sunrise. Sundays. Okay, uh, yeah. Sundays. That is I, the solar day, right? Yeah, so and I love Sunday sleep. Sunrise. Like I'm like some people just need eight hours, like, mm-hmm. or six hours. I, if I don't have eight hours, my nervous system doesn't feel regulated. However, maybe mm-hmm. if I start it with that Agni Hotra, then maybe that will be the regulation. So, um, and it's interesting at that tantric retreat, we did this, um, Yoni breathing and it was like a four hour thing. And the message, there's all messages that came through of, of, um, what my Yoni was wanting and, uh, how it was wanting my life to be. And one of them was that it wanted sun. Like it's, wow. you know, like Yoni wow. sun bathing in a way. I don't have much privacy wow. in the yard, but. <laughs> it's, it's, it's both, you know, it, the idea of light, the, the solar quality that we're connected to. It is a physical nature-based thing, but the like Gayatri Mantra or other things that brings light, illumination, is there also there on the inside, right? There is internal light. That's actually the final, there's six branches, so to speak, of uh, Jyotisha. Jyotir means light. Mm -hmm. So we study external light. That's the astronomy. And then we study the charts in different ways. There are uh, birth charts there are question charts there are predicting future or, or setting future events when is a good time to do something and then there is the final most subtle one is called nimitta which is omens we could say mm. or insight to have insight isn't that an interesting term there there's a looking inside so that yeah. light that you're saying that you're you're yearning for craving Mm-hmm. Yes, it is there in external, but it's also internal. But mm. having said that, if you're having um, craving for sleep and and uh, yeah, so I would I would say see if you can meet the sun more and more and more. Um, as soon as you wake up, go and say hi to the sun. Uh, spend ten minutes and just breathe. And you know, there's a lot of solar practices of 
barefoot on the ground looking at the sun for a bit building up that capacity and embodiment of that bringing that all the way down like you said and, and holding that in your body in your in your yeah. being um that well, illumination me, yeah yeah me and my kids um before school every morning we go out barefoot on the grass we dance in the sun a good 15 wow. minutes at least wow. um and we you know we worship the sun we put our arms up and we ask it to fill us fill it up with its light really yeah we, um, yeah we you know we tell it how much we love it we we fill uh we feel its light fill us up and then we put our hands on the earth we we state our intention for the day and ask for the earth's support and so we do that every day but it's around eight in the morning so the sun's already been up for you know an hour and a half but um i'd love to have the practice of watching the sunrise while i do that mantra i would feel like uh, once in a while um the other other parts could be around you know solstice and equinoxes and these things can also be very important Uh uh, cycles to connect to my first son well as far as uh what the west says uh my first my son my firstborn was born on the summer solstice um if if it's if that's the correct solstice can now because now i feel questionable yeah no no solstice will be solstice that that is a an agreement and his um i love all of this so much and i'm i i know you're booked out for a while but i'm gonna book us like an actual session with you to do all six sections because i i learned so much and you know i i'm i think sometimes people steer clear of this type of stuff because they don't want to give their power away to it. They don't want to like, you know, and so even with shamans or with, even with plant medicine, it's like, you don't want to give your full authority away, but it is, it's, it's such a, it's such a profound tool for self-understanding and, and for, um, like you said, almost like a GPS. So, Yeah. yeah. And I agree that that was one of the dangers that people outsource their discernment and, uh, give their power away and it's a tricky one it's like you know i'm sometimes predicting and letting people know about the the calculations and what future seasons are coming and the 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 goal is always to give people that accepting of they're born with a vehicle they're born Mm -hmm. with a pattern Mm -hmm. and to understand themselves and to accept that and to learn to to get the best expression of these qualities Mm-hmm. And then using the future seasons and, and um, without without that idea of that that it's completely fated. Like there are certain karmas, there are certain patterns that are more fixed and harder to change. But we have freedom within that. And uh, yeah, it's a horrible thing I think when people are um, giving their power away and and uh, mm-hmm. that yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting balance because like you then when you really believe like that this is so true or like you look back and you're like ah it ha-, like that really lines up or you know like mm-hmm. so it's it's an interesting dance of like trust but not you know it's it it's, it's yeah it is it is and that it's one of the horrible things in astrology that that. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually scary to me sometimes. Where if, if people, so I always try to give a disclaimer. Like I, I worked with and I have teachers who are amazing astrologers, but we're human, and yeah. I've never met any human who doesn't make mistakes. So I usually say, don't don't trust any astrologer, fortune teller, psychic, shaman, guru completely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the idea here is to to give you self-understanding and self-trust mm -hmm. and the rest is just testing things out so you know i i don't know your life but from your chart it's like you know this solar and you're telling me that you do this practice with your kids mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. almost like me saying here's the map as i see it and you're like yeah that's already happening on the screen right <laughs> yeah yeah so that that you know click yeah that is like an alignment that i think you you are blessed with that Mm. And to set that in intention and to set that that solar order, that, that type of cycles and life protecting energy and the light that's coming through and to embody that and to bring that in. Uh, poof, beautiful, absolutely beautiful in your church. Yeah. And I love that I'm um that I have four soul lessons and I um it makes me think that the next life is going to be really cool because <laughs> <laughs> I volunteered. <laughs> it must be fair to say that, you know, if you look back, there are uh, books or seasons in your life that must have very different uh, flavors. And mm -hmm. yeah, that and people hear your stories. It's like, oh, you're going through that and this and that. There's a few short questions that I end every show with. Um, they're just a lightning round of questions. So the first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Beautiful question. Uh, mm -hmm. Hugging my younger self. <clears throat> I think I started with that, the, the trust and the connection to nature. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that would be such a, like hugging myself, my younger self in, like I spent a lot of time in nature, in the forest and, and trusting that we are nature and trusting yeah. that there is uh, guidance and support in nature um coming back to oneself actually one's own nature mm -hmm. and and uh yeah letting my young self know that that trust and that stability that acceptance mm -hmm. in fact that beauty of nature is there in myself and in everyone that is nature that's a foundation yeah Mm, thank you. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? The Book of Life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sometimes recommend books to clients, but it's based upon their individual charts. So I don't know. If oh, okay. So what about my, my chart? What book would you or say? Your? Oh. I do think some Buddhist, like uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead, or some Buddhist oh. mind understanding, some mystical Buddhist uh, things could really support your your mind. I think. Mm. Uh, do you have very, a favorite like, one? Um, well, Tibetan Book of the Dead to un to understand that the underworld, to understand the shamanistic realms, mm. to understand those uh, out of body experiences and. Mm -hmm. mystical journeys and these things to understand the higher realms okay so maybe start with the tibetan book of the dead could be something there and and until like buddhist psychology buddhist thought and, and clarity of the mind um that could be something i think is illumination of your mind mm, okay yeah? yeah and don't worry about this you know being smart and intellectual uh, don't worry about the articulation and that stuff. It is way more than just words. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a mind 
framing and understanding that and and not trusting that your spirit knows it so trusting the guidance that you get from the light and the sun and nature and to embody that and to really feel your nervous system from the fingertips to the toes to feel that that see that that is the that is the nervous system deep inside of us it's not just the words and the intellect it is our whole how do we communicate our spirit through our being almost so mm-hmm. um yeah that's why i was doing that little joke about touch yeah. your chin and, and yeah <laughs> um yeah something like that uh and 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 doing doing like doing the body practices that really activate the small you know like have you done yoga class and some teachers might maybe like adjusting just slightly mm-hmm. you're holding a pose and the, and the teacher might be just like okay let go of this and mm-hmm. rotate that and you breathe and suddenly it's an openness of your whole nervous system mm-hmm. those little micro details like embodiment and skills of how to open the body like that with that breath and light and consciousness uh, that is a beautiful uh, again uh, intelligence awakening support i think you can have mm, thank you the tibetan yeah. book of the dead i've never heard of it and i'm really excited mm. okay if you could whisper so one that, that, that's that's for you in particular though if, if yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. world then it would be like study nature look at nature we yeah. all share nature we're all going around the sun if can you imagine if every culture around the world did what you were doing in the morning bringing their kids out saying hi to the sun connecting to nature setting the intention recognizing that we're on this earth ship spinning around the sun we're all sharing that yeah yeah mm. beautiful yeah, the so thought of it makes out. me tear up if that was yeah. just normal life you know we're all children of the sun and the moon, you know, it's a yeah. mother and father in the sky. Mm-hmm. So lastly, if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Which I guess you kind of just did that. <laughs> yeah, trust, trust yourself, trust, trust yourself and that connection to one's own nature. You know, I love the title of your, your show here, the mm-hmm going beyond the the hurt and the the shaming and the coming back mm-hmm. to being natural coming back to being we are not we're not just part of nature we are nature yeah and yeah. connecting to that connecting to our own inner nature connecting to you know hands and feet on the ground um that would be my whisper that has yeah. been and what, what I've returned to over and over. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. So I know My that um, you're in Ubud, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so where, um, if you can just let people know where to find you online, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, I didn't know that you were at Yoga Barn. And that was mm. uh, the first place I ever did ecstatic dance about 10 years oh, ago. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, my God, I, I wanted to live there. I want to live in Ubud. It's and I haven't been back. But um, I think about it all the time. I feel like I lived there at some point, you know, in a, in a past life. And I just feel so drawn to it. So yeah. it makes perfect sense that that's where you're at. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I have no complaints about that. It's beautiful, and very very easy to connect to nature in this mm-hmm. place. Yeah, so that's where you're yeah, so physically. I, where can people find you online, though? Yeah, so there there's a simple website. Uh, you can read some information. shriyamuna.com You'll put that on mm-hmm. the link or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can you can share my email too, so people can okay. contact me directly there. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it's Shivananda at Gmail. Yeah, 108 at Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. I'll put all that in the show notes. And then um, I'll also, if you, if it's okay with you, I'll book the, I'll put the little link if they want to book a session with you. Um, sure. And I'm going to book a full one. If, if you haven't had too much of me, I'm going to book a full one. Because no, no, I, do no, really I love go, doing this. And, uh, and, you know, that's, I love, like I said, I, I'm looking at a map. I don't know what's on the terrain. So I love hearing how it's unfolding and the story of what people, uh, what they experience. And especially, it will be a fun journey to see how are we going to navigate uh, four different spiritual significations in one lifetime? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much. My this, this pleasure. So beautiful. And I, I'm so touched, especially by the parts about Ganesh. So, um, yeah. and I, I can't wait to talk to you again. So um, I'll see Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been really lovely talking i love talking about this i hope i didn't talk too much um, no not not for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you hmm. all right you guys i feel so joyful just because who i know not all of that was fun to hear but i don't know why it just it made me really happy um so much of it made a lot of sense and it also made a lot of my life like a lot of the things that didn't feel good, it gave them some meaning as well. Um, sometimes also I think it's like things are in our charts because we actually need to hear them in order to get the movement of what needs to be done. You know what I mean? Kind of like in the matrix when she told him he wasn't the one so that he would accomplish what he needed to accomplish, even though he was the one kind of like that. Um, but man, um, the, the parts about Ganesh just are so interesting to me. And the part about the sun, um, I'm super excited to dig in deeper with him. And, um, you know, like I said, there's this dance of like not giving your full authority away and, um, but also like kind of surrendering to it. So um, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. I would, I mean, more than any episode, I would love to hear your thoughts on this one. Um, also, if you've listened until now, then you must really love me because this was mostly about me. But I hope that you gained a lot of knowledge around um, Vedic astrology and, and um, you know, that culture. I find it so, so beautiful. I, I just... Oh, there's so it's just so uh holy huh. okay so i'll thank my affiliates uh we brought up gene keys i'm an affiliate for gene keys i love it um just like with this with vedic astrology it's it's a path of self-discovery it's it's a gps in a sense and it's extremely powerful um if you sign up for any of the programs using my link, I get a small cut. It's genekeys.com, G-E-N-E, genekeys.com forward slash the dash dream dash A-R-C forward slash R-E-F 1707 forward slash. And uh, they've got tons of programs around love or um, success or you know, I'll say prosperity actually instead of success. Um, on how to use your dreams as messengers, which is the course that I'm currently in. So yeah, check out the link. Um, 
there's also a lot of free sources on there about your your jinkies. So check that out. And then the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code J gets you 15% off. And I like to pair the clit sucker with my pleasure wand at um, from wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Code J gets you a discount there as well. But I have um, learned some really powerful practices with my jade yoni egg from wands.com and i uh, you can book a session with me if you'd like so that i can teach you how to use it you'll be off camera so you'll have full privacy but it is extremely powerful y'all i also love the cervical wand um, it's very de-armoring i can also uh, teach you that if you'd like to book a session and then all things infrared higher dose i love the women that run this company and i love their products code jade 75 for 75 dollars off Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.